Raider Nation, wake up and get ready because it's time for the morning grind on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Good morning, Raider Nation. I'm Eddie Pascal, and today is December 17th, 2020. And on this date, back in 1960, the then Oakland Raiders completed their inaugural season with a 48-10 win over the Denver Broncos. And call me an old soul, but I think there's something very cool and kind of comforting when you think that the Raiders and Broncos have been strapping on the pads and playing each other for the past 60 years. And not to look too far down the road, but the silver and black will wrap up the 2020 regular season against those very same Broncos. But right now, the task at hand for head coach John Gruden's team is another AFC West foe, the Los Angeles Chargers. Today on the Morning Grind, as we get ready for Thursday night football, we catch up with Chargers team reporter Haley Elwood, who breaks down everything Bolts related, including her thoughts on Justin Herbert, what worked well for this team last weekend against the Falcons, and just how Anthony Lynn's group managed to drop to 4-9 in 2020. So, without further ado, enjoy our conversation with Chargers team reporter Haley Elwood. And our guest today on The Morning Grind is one of our favorite people in the NFL, as crazy as that sounds, because she works for the Los Angeles Chargers, team reporter for the Bolts, Haley Elwood. And Haley, first off, it's nice to hear your voice again. It's nice to pretend that we're in normal times. But I'll ask you this. We're two teams this weekend, or I should say midweek, coming off of very different weekends. So for you guys, what worked on Sunday against the Falcons? I think it was just the fact, well, actually, for. First off, Eddie, so great to hear you. I mean, it's been a minute since the Combine, since our teams were table buddies, as we like to say, at the Combine, which I guess was in February, but feels like it was nine years ago at this point. It might have been in like um, 1994. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> totally. Who would who would ever question that? Getting to the games, though, I think for the Chargers, what worked last week was they were able to assemble a game-winning drive. Justin Herbert got the ball. Well, first off, it was picks on picks on picks, as I tweeted at the end of that game, where these three interceptions happen. Michael Davis intercepts Matt Ryan, the third pick for the game for him, to give the ball back to the offense. And Justin Herbert went out and and led the team on a game-winning drive, to which Michael Badgley kicked a game-winning field goal. And for me, I just had memories of the week three game against the Carolina Panthers where the team was challenged at the very end to go 99 yards for the win and they almost did it on that hook and ladder play that didn't end up happening but Herbert at the end of that game had said he had all the confidence in the world to get it done and I think seeing him do it last week against Atlanta and build on that confidence will just add to what he can do moving forward and I think it was just a really really positive thing to see them close out a close game as we know that has been such an Achilles heel for this team all season. And and one thing that it feels like every time we talk, we talk, we have to talk about the injury bug, right? And it feels like the Raiders have kind of got that Chargers dose of the injury bug in 2020. And I won't put you on the spot and ask you who's going to play or who's not going to play anything like that. But I was just kind of looking at the injury report and going through things earlier today. And Austin Eckler, a guy who didn't play the first time that these two teams got together in week nine, I believe it was, If he's able to go Thursday night, what kind of difference maker is he for this Chargers team? I mean, he is just such a huge difference maker in terms of just the accountability that that he provides, especially for a young quarterback like Justin Herbert. I mean, the amount of touches that Austin had in Sunday's game was was over the top. And he even made the joke. I mean, I'm sure he's dealing with soreness and 
his second game back at this point and, and just kind of getting his legs literally back underneath him. But just those little, you know, shovel dump off passes. He had, you know, he was nine for nine in the receiving game, nine targets, nine catches. And just being able to provide that that quick kind of dump off action from Herbert to him. And basically anytime he gets the ball in his hands, as you know, from watching the Chargers and playing against us, you know, he just makes things happen and he's shifty and he's quick and he's big and he's hard to take down. So getting him back adds certainly a, you know, a different level to this offense that was missed when he was out and when he was injured, but you know, we'll see, we'll see what, you know, if he can go, what he can do again. I know that we're just kind of putting out these modified injury reports this week, since they're basically holding walkthroughs with the game on Thursday, but you know, I just think, again, he just provides a different element. He's kind of electric when he's out there. No pun intended with a Bolts reference there. <laughs> there you go. One point for Haven. Who doesn't love a good estimated injury report on a show? Right. Call, right? <laughs> like, oh, this is what we think would have happened. Like, I'm yeah. sure I'm sure our PR, our, excuse me, our PR director, Will, and your guys' PR director has a lot of fun coming up with those. But shifting to the other side of the football, uh, Joey Bosa, another guy who we miraculously escaped the last time we played you guys, but is now back doing his thing. I mean... We, were, we heard from Derek Carr earlier today, and Derek was saying, he goes, I don't care if he's 100% healthy, 50% healthy, whatever it is. He goes, he's one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. And now as he's kind of getting his legs back under him, as he's kind of showing once again the type of guy who he, like what type of guy he is, I mean, he just, for you guys defensively, has to just kind of be kind of the engine in a lot of ways that makes everything go. He totally is. And I think the one thing about Joey, too, he is a monster on the field. And I think he is turned into a leader off of it and a leader on the sidelines. And he's talked a lot in recent weeks with the team being out of playoff contention. And unfortunately, this has happened for a few seasons of Joey's now with the Chargers. I think of him even going back to his rookie year. He misses the first quarter of the season. The team ends up, I believe, 5-11 and that year, 4-12. and four and 12 or five and 11, I forget now, but he wins defensive rookie of the year because for him, the game just means so much to him. And he is such a force out there. And, and his game against the Buffalo Bills a couple of weeks ago was just, he played out of his mind. And I think, yeah, knowing what Derek Carr said, he is such a force out there, but I think we're now seeing a little bit of an evolution of Joey Bosa. We know again how good he is as a player, but just the leadership and the effort that he brings and the accountability that he demands from his teammates is something to behold. And we've definitely seen that recently, even knowing again that this team is out of it, but they still have a lot to play for in terms of pride and playing for each other. And I think Bosa is bringing that out of the best in them. So obviously the record not there for the Los Angeles Chargers this year, but how is this team, in your opinion, different than the one that the Raiders saw in Week 9? I mean, obviously the Raiders are, are a team that is playing, unfortunately for us, a very different brand of football than the first time we guys saw you, but, you know, or we saw you guys, I should say. But how are the Chargers different, do you think? How have they kind of grown, matured, whatever word you want to use over the past, call it six weeks or so? Yeah, you know, that's a really good question. I think a lot of it also just hinges on Justin Herbert's evolution throughout the season and, and getting more comfortable at that point. I mean... Obviously, he got that start in week two seconds before the game kicked off. And, and I always make the analogy like, what if you're training for a job like you're a barista at Starbucks and you never know when you're going to like have to go into work, but you're, you know, prepping on how to make frappuccinos or whatever. And then seconds before, you know, you come in, like someone tells you like, hey, you're up, like you're the one who's making drinks over there. I mean, the amount of pressure has to be so incredible, but to go toe to toe with Kansas City in that game. And then just to sort of get the games under his belt. I mean, 
I saw, I guess he was on Sirius XM NFL radio today, or, or they tweeted something where he had a conversation with Brett Favre and Favre goes, you look like a 10 year veteran out there. And this team, I think, has has gone where he's gone. And I think, again, the win against Atlanta last week just sort of solidifies like, hey, we can get these wins. We can have this belief. And he got that win also on that final drive with the right side of his offensive line not being out there. Mike Williams not being out there. Keenan Allen not being out there. So he was making things happen with a bit of a patchwork offense. And I just think, you know, the more experience that he has – it will be interesting to see him play a team like the Raiders the second time in a season because we have three straight divisional games to close out the year. So that's kind of the first time, you know, we'll be seeing that. But I just think a lot of it just deals with him and, and his evolution as a quarterback and and how he's grown since week nine to get to this point as well. You know, and you and I have talked about it before where I, I have such a such conflicting feelings every I time I see Herbert, right? I love that guy, man. But it's hard for me. I'm torn because he plays for the division rival and it's mm-hmm. been, a, it's been a lot of fun to watch from afar, kind of him do his thing. And, and just being completely honest, you know, he has been a lot better than I thought he was going to be in the NFL. Like, I don't think if you, if you like took a poll of our group chat, like my college buddies group chat, there is nobody who thought that in that chat that he was going to be this good this soon. So from someone who actually gets to see him every day, from someone who watches all the games, like has he kind of surpassed what you thought he was like, I guess maybe the a better question is, is he developing faster? Is he farther along down the road than you guys anticipated at this point in his rookie year? I think just kind of speaking to some of the people who I talked to after the chargers drafted him, I'll, I'll say this. I spoke with Molly McGrath from ESPN who watched his career at Oregon. And she told me he's an extremely intelligent person. I mean, he was a 4.0 plus bio major at Oregon, stuff that goes straight over my head. Which is and like, and Oregon is, sorry yeah. not to cut you off, Oregon is like the Harvard of the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, she said, look, he's smart. He he won, what is it, the Doak Walker, the, the academic Heisman or whatever it is. I mean, he is a smart guy. And she said what he will do is he will parlay the, the study skills that he used for the playbook. I'm sorry, to the textbook for the playbook. And I think that's the thing. I think, you know, for him to go out there and I just kind of go back to that Kansas City game and, and him just leading them down the field and and I think running in for the score, I mean, you have to prepare. You have, he has to, you know, have had those tools to prepare, especially with no preseason, no real off season. That was literally his first time out on the field. And I just think you can tell that this game also means so much to him like it does to Joey Bosa. And it's not saying it doesn't mean a, a lot to other guys as well, but but how seriously he's taking it and how he really must be immersed in in the playbook and, and learning things like this offense because it's showing out on the field. And I'll say this too, and, and Herbert even talked about this. Someone asked him about his preparation, and he had said that, here we go, another Oregon connection and Vegas connection actually, but Marcus Arroyo had talked to him when they were at Oregon together. He basically devised a plan for Justin Herbert on how to prepare and how to study film and how to watch different segments of film on different days. So you'd have like red zone on one day, whatever on another day. And Herbert basically said like he's followed that and he's taken that into the NFL. And I think, again, you've seen the benefits of that. I just think he's an extremely smart, intelligent player and person. And we've seen that development. And he told Favre, look, he still feels the game is fast out there because this whole season has just kind of flown by. And, and again, he stepped in 
not really knowing he was going to be the guy this year. And then it became his job. But yeah, I think he's pleasantly surprised everyone with with how he's playing and, and just how he continues to sort of dominate week after week, just setting new records and doing new things that to add to his stat line. Haley Elwood's our guest. And, and Haley, I was looking at the stats earlier this afternoon, kind of just going through the weekly release and kind of seeing where these teams stacked up against one another. And the excuse me, the Chargers, they have a top 10 defense. They have a top 10 offense. Justin Herbert is at this point running away with offensive rookie of the year. How is this team four and nine? Like I just, yeah. I, it's kind of hard to, when you look at things like objectively, it's like, it's kind of hard to figure out how you guys got to that point. I think when you hear from players and you hear from coaches, it just comes down to, you know, just sometimes just lack of execution on certain plays where like one play here or there has really changed the course of the trajectory for this team in the season. Hey, we can go back to week nine. We can go back to that final play against the Raiders that initially was called a touchdown and then reversed. It was an incomplete pass. And, and just little things like that have sort of, for lack of a better way of saying this, like doomed this team and, and made their record what it is. And so I think, again, to sort of turn the tables a little bit on a team like Atlanta and actually come out on the other side of it, look, you get that fourth win. And at this point, I think everyone, like I said, is just trying to get some wins to feel good about ending the season on a positive note. It's just little things here or there. And of course, they've you know dealt with injuries and battled some injuries, but you know guys have come back and and been healthier. But again, I think just kind of going back to last week to be on the other side of that, I think was a huge positive for this team, just despite the record. Yeah, I mean, I feel it. And I think at this point, obviously, the Raiders still have postseason aspirations. But outside of that, you're 100% right. Where you just want to finish the season strong. You want to be able to build some momentum heading into the offseason, an offseason that I know both you and I hope is semi-normal maybe yeah. not maybe not fully normal but like a little closer to normal than what we've dealt with the past gosh eight nine months whatever it is but just wrapping up with Haley and Haley I was thinking about this earlier too which is pretty crazy this rivalry now since since we've been working for the respective teams this rivalry started as the San Diego Chargers and the Oakland Raiders mm-hmm. we are now the Los Angeles excuse me, the Los Angeles Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders like it's crazy to just kind of when you say it like that and to like think of all the moving pieces that have occurred the past, gosh, three, four or five years. But at the end of the day, it's still Raiders charging. It's going to be a lot of fun on Thursday night. And it's kind of that classic, you know, AFC rivalry. And it's when the, when these two teams get together, you can kind of just throw the records out and it's going to go down to the last possession. Like you and I both know that. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. I mean, I think this is what the 122nd meeting or some ridiculous number between these two teams. Hey, Thursday night football last year, the last game in the Coliseum, that was a whole heck of a lot of fun. I wish we were coming to Vegas this week. I'll say that I'm so bummed about the fact that, you know, obviously, look, we know we're in a pandemic and and all, you know, kudos goes to safety and and everything like that. And I know you guys, I know a, a bunch of you wish that you would come out to LA to see SoFi, but like you said, next year, hopefully a little more normal. But hey, what a better way to end Thursday night football this year than with these two teams, these two, one of the best rivalries in the NFL. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. So I'm not going to ruin it. We're just going to get out of here on that. Hey, Leo, well, thank you for hanging out with us, even though you are uh, you're from the Bulls. We do appreciate your time. We do appreciate you coming to hang out with us. So everyone, make sure you go follow Haley on Twitter. And, uh, and we will. well, I can't say we're going to see you Thursday night, but I'm sure we will talk <laughs> at some point on Thursday night. <laughs> Exactly. Thanks so much for having me, Eddie. A big thank you to Haley for giving us some time during a very busy week for her. And well, get ready, Raider Nation. Kickoff against the Bolts is scheduled for 5.20 p.m. Pacific time tonight. 
and the game will be shown on Fox. At this point of the season, it doesn't get any bigger than Thursday night. I'm Eddie Pascal, and this was The Morning Grind. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Morning Grind on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Since starting Allegiant some 20 years ago, we've flown more than 100 million people to be with those they love. We're pilots, flight attendants, and technicians. But we're also parents, spouses, and neighbors. And just like you, we're excited to reconnect with the people and places that matter most. That's why we're going the distance for health and safety, on the ground and in the air. Because the further we go now, the safer it'll be to go farther tomorrow. Allegiant, the official airline of the Las Vegas Raiders. Low fares, nonstop flights, only at Allegiant.com.